All right. Welcome back, community group leaders, to the Deeper Podcast, where we help you confidently lead your groups. My name is Jeremy Wynn, and I'm the host of the Deeper Podcast. And we're joined from a one-week hiatus Joe yes. by Joe Hishma, our lead pastor. Welcome hey, back. Thank you, Jeremy. Great to be here. Good to, ha- good to be with all of our community group leaders. And again, I'm praying for you, and thank you for serving, and excited to hear what God is doing in your groups. So are you ready for six services this weekend? Yes, I even got ordered the IV, so okay. I'm all ready. I'm all ready. <laughs> <laughs> and how how is this Easter different from last Easter? I mean, from yeah, your it's... from your perspective, because last year at this time you were doing what? <clears throat> yes, that we did the online service at ten o'clock. We've never been able to do a one service since yeah. the first year I was here, and and uh, now it's a hybrid. It's hybrid where we want to really welcome every person, whether they're here or whether they're not here, but watching online. Uh, and and really call them to respond to the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. So Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I know people in my community group are looking forward to it as well. Great. So tell us, what is the, the topic, and what's the big idea and passage we're covering today? Great. So we're continuing. We just actually decided to continue in our series, uh, Safe and Sound, and it just so happened that Easter, Easter weekend was on that first John, one of the most beautiful passages on the love of God in the Bible is 1 John 4, 7 to 21. And so that's what we're going to try to conquer on Easter. Um, But the big idea is this, is that I or you are deeply loved by God. Mm. You are deeply loved by God. That's the most transformational truth that happens in our lives in a relationship with God, is that you and I are deeply loved by God. I call people in each of the messages to really just say that I am deeply loved by God because that's something we got to keep repeating back because it's so unlike the love of this world. It's so unlike some of the love that you and I have experienced in um, other relationships and even you and I are capable of doing and then the love of God. And so this is something I I think whether you've known Jesus for 50, 70 years, whatever, or you haven't known him yet, we want everyone to realize Great. All right. Well, in a moment, we'll dive in a little deeper into the passage. But before that, our Growing Together time, I, I don't think there's a, a better weekend, a better time to talk about the discipleship rhythm of celebration. Mm-hmm. And so celebration, it when we talk about celebration, we say, this is how we want to rejoice together always. And on Easter, we get to celebrate the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's right. And you know, as a church family, the the rhythms, the sacraments, I guess, that we do to celebrate is communion, and we do that on a monthly basis, and then also baptism. But you know, within community groups, um, Joe, what does celebration look like within your community group? What are some things that you guys have done or practiced? So that? it's interesting you mentioned that. Um, Paul Meyer, who's my small group uh, or my community group leader, he said, look, on Monday, when we get, we gather every Monday night, on Monday, we're going to gather together, and we're going to have dinner together. We're just going to celebrate. Um, it's been a crazy weekend for you, Joe, so we just want to celebrate and enjoy time together as we discuss the Word, but even as we just spend time together and thank the Lord for what, who He is and what He's done for us. That's so. great. And so, yeah, group leaders, make sure you have a rhythm of celebration within your groups. Yeah, I mean, you know, birthdays and anniversaries and all this stuff, that's definitely things to celebrate, but I would also... Look for 
opportunities to celebrate people taking their next steps and following Jesus. Just make sure as you see maybe people take a next step in health of their marriage or they take a next step in in parenting or their their kids take a next step in following Jesus or whatever that might look like. Make sure you're intentional to take time to celebrate that and really point that out within within your group and enjoy a meal together and all those fun things within That's a group. right. All right. Well, we're going to jump into the passage. So we're in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21, and we're going to break into two for sure, but kind of also sneak in kind of a third, I guess, kind of 13 and 14. So if it's okay with you, I know you're going to be preaching six times. Please so I'll read, read the passage. Read so, the word to me, my friend. <laughs> we'll start in from verses 7 through 12. And here's what it says. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God if we love one another. God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. All right, so I want to just break this down a little bit. Um, I want to start in verse 7. So verse 7, again, it said, Beloved, let us not let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So love... Is it a, a precondition or is it a consequence of being born again with Christ? So is it, I love, therefore I'm a Christian, or is it, I'm a Christian, and so therefore I love? Yeah, so think about how the gospel comes to you. It comes to you as the good news. And the good news is that God loves you in Christ, and he lived and died and rose again for, from the dead for you. And you're called to believe and receive and then respond to him with your life. And so progression-wise, salvation comes to you in the person, the work of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You believe and you receive him, and then you reflect him in every way that you can. To, yeah. to love God before you believe in him is just not, I mean, that's not, <laughs> it's not logical. And so... Well, and, you know, non-believers, they can, they can love, but they yes. cannot love com- in the fullness and the completeness that those that have the Holy Spirit inside of them can. That's right. That's right. So sometimes non-believers are actually more loving than believers, yeah. but that's, that's, a, that's a self-generated love. And even on a, on a good day, without the Spirit, I'm not loving like Jesus loves. And so we're called to be loved, to love through the power of the Spirit that's working in us. Great. Okay, so then verse 8, it says, God is love. So kind of two questions. One, what, what does that mean? But then two, is that all that God is? is? So it says God is love. Is that the totality of it? Or are there other... Um, yeah explanations and words that are associated with God. Sure. We know it's his, not his only attribute, yeah. but every attribute flows from his love, mm. okay? So he is love in, in that it's a love that would never lie to you. So he is the truth, right? Yeah. He is love in that um, he 
uh, would not he would not uh, sin or do anything that is of a, um, that would harm you. And so he's a holy God without sin. He's not corrupted in any way. And, and I guess the question is: as you as you look at God being just, God being righteous, God being powerful, but God being all knowing. Um, all those attributes, some of which we sh- we can participate, and others which we there's no way we can participate. All of his knowledge, all of his justice, all of his righteousness is is still moved by his love. Right. So, if he were more righteous than loving, he may have not sent Christ for us. Right. Okay. And if he was less righteous, he wouldn't be as loving to us. So it's it's that it's that angle that um, he does not compromise his justice. He does not compromise his righteousness. He is all that without compromise. And I think what a lot of people want to do is go, I think that lo- God is just a God of love. Yeah. He would never have a problem with sin. He would never have a problem with uh, injustice. He would never have a problem with... Um, uh, you know, my less than perfect life. Uh, and what you see is that God did not compromise his justice and righteousness as he also sent Christ to be the justifier of the ungodly. Yeah. And so that's that's the grid. Great. No, I like that. I, yeah, I guess it's just as you're saying that, I love how the love is the one where all the other character attributes come from and flow from. So yes. that's great. Okay, verses... Were you say well, I was just saying, there's nothing that God does that isn't motivated by his love. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even in the area, most people struggle with the punishment and judgment of God mm-hmm. in eternity. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see his love far more than we can right now. And so we'll even see those that the great judgment as being something in some way that we also see the love of God. Well, and I mean, I know we're skipping ahead a little bit, but in verses 18 or I guess 17, 18, I mean, it, it talks about how God's love, it, it takes away, as we That's trust right. in Jesus, it takes away fear. That's right. It takes away judgment. And so it just goes right alongside with what, what you're talking about. That's right. Okay, verse 10, um, it's, there comes up a word that we saw again in 1 John 2, verse 2, and it's that word propitiation. And so you know, as we think about this word, I guess as I looked at it, it it's, that, it's that perfect sacrifice for sin. Mm-hmm. And Jesus turns away God's wrath. And that's really, I mean, that's what we see in verse 10. So I just want to continue to just remind people of, of the that word that can be confusing, that there's just power in in that word, but even more importantly, in who Jesus is to represent that, of he is the, the only one that could have paid the penalty for our sin. I mean, he lived the perfect life that we couldn't live and died on the cross and did everything to be that that single thing that could pay the price of our sin and take away God's wrath. So anything else you'd add to Oh, no, you to did that? a good job. You sound like a good seminary student That's there, right. Jeremy. That's right. Good job. <laughs> okay. Um, verses 11 and 12, uh, and this goes along with kind of the theme for what you're doing, and it also we see this come up in verses 17 and 18, is what does it mean for God's love to be perfected in us. That phrase is used, I think I saw it three times in yeah. this passage. Okay, so um, with that word per- perfect, we get fullness, we get completeness. And if you picture in the plan of God, the plan of God as he created you and me is for you to know that he is love. And then for you to live in that love, to receive that love mm-hmm. and respond by believing, yeah. 
And then to live in that love and then show everyone the love of God, that God is love by the way to do that. And so that's it's I see it not as you're going to perfectly love, because none of us will perfectly love. I see it as the perfect picture of what God is doing is when you and I are loving him and loving others. We've we understand that God is love, we believe in Christ, we receive the work of Christ, and then we end up bringing that full circle to, then we become, and that passage that says in, in 1 John 4, it, it says, as, as he is, we are in the world, mm-hmm. okay? And, and that's that picture. We're showing a picture of the incarnation of Jesus mm-hmm. in this, in, through our flesh when we choose to love God and love others. We show that full picture. Great. Okay, so let's go to verses 13 and 14 now, and I'll read it, and I'll just uh, encourage you, as you hear this, think about the different attributes of the Godhead and how that relates with God's love. So here's what it says. It says, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. So, Joe, just talk us through a little bit how we see the unique roles of the Godhead and in, in this passage and how it just flows and connects with God's plan and who he is of being loved. Sure, sure. We believe that God is three in one. We believe in the Trinity. And so if you want a passage that says, where does it say that God is three in one? Um, it's not actually going to say the word Trinity, but you can just see that this is how we know he abides in us. He's given us his spirit. And the Father has given us his Son uh, to be the Savior of the world. So all three are mentioned right there in two verses. So what I see this as is we're perfectly loved by God the Father. We're perfectly loved by God the Son. We're perfectly loved by God God the Spirit. A lot of people look at the Old Testament God, he's a mean and angry God. So Jesus kind of takes the hit and satisfies... The wrath of God and quells the anger of the Father because yeah. Jesus is really loving. And then the Spirit then comes in and just keeps us level so that we're not fearing of the Father and all that. Right. And He kind of is the mediator between the two. And that's hogwash. This is not biblical. Yeah. Even though I've heard that it's by so many Christians who think that. You see the abounding, uh, over the ab- overflowing, abounding love of God, a God who is patient and steadfast in the Old Testament. You see a God who has loved us in Christ in the New Testament. Yeah. All of them are full of, full of love for us. Yeah. So the triune God is, they are in community loving each other, and they're in community loving us. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I'm going to read verses 15 through 19, and as I read through this, we're going to then have some questions that uh, we want you to take back to community groups to process through and think about the the themes of what is it that we're called to believe? What is it that we're called to receive? And what is it that we're called to reflect on? So <clears throat> start in verse 15. <clears throat> Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. 
If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. All right. So here's our verse question when it comes to believe. And we see this in, in verse 15 and 16. The question is, what do you struggle believing when it comes to the love of God? I'll repeat that again. It's what do you struggle believing when it comes to the love of God? I know we had some discussion on yeah. this earlier. What I think for me, that? and again, I've just had a. I've had. It depends on your wiring. It depends on your family of origin. It depends mm-hmm. on your um, your experiences that you've had, even the failures, failures and successes. But I think if there's that repeating theme on the love of God for me, is I just can't get it. Why God loves me, and it's not related to my performance. It's not related to my faithfulness to Him. It's yeah. not related to my success in ministry. Yeah. It's not even related to my own humility and the state of my heart. Yeah. Any more than my kids' feelings about me uh, or performance with me changes my love for them. Yeah. So that's, I guess, being a father has helped me understand that a little bit more. Um, but God even loves me more and better than I love my boys, which is yeah. hard to understand, but that's the reality. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with, with that and just how it's it's unconditional and un- unchanging. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Paige and I have talked about this when it comes with our son Judah, and I've said, man, it's, it's not that I love him more, but I just enjoy more time as he's gotten older and we can do more things together. Yeah. Paige is like, I don't get that. I've loved him the exact same, enjoyed the exact same since he was born. Yeah. And I think that's more how God views us is sure. it's not as we're able to, to do more things for him or, yes. or with him or whatever. That's really He good. just loves us unconditionally and and no matter what. And so I can I can struggle with that myself and then also others of God, I, how can you love him the same as as me or this other person or whatever and, and so yeah, mm-hmm. just that that unconditional and just sure. never changing yeah. perspective. Yep. Okay, receive. When you think about God looking at you, what do you see? So if you ha- if you were to close your eyes and you're going to picture God looking at you, what do you, what do you see? Do you see someone that is is smiling at you? Do you see someone that is being critical of you? Do you see someone who's uh, encouraging you? Like what what do you picture? Do you have a, a positive picture, a negative picture? So how how would you answer that, Joe? So for so many years in my walk with Christ, I saw disappointment, I saw displeasure, I saw you're not doing enough. And um, more recently, I've been able to rest in the love of God. And, and that's what that passage says is perfect love casts out fear, right? Because fear has to do with punishment. Yeah. So punishment is um, you get what you deserve. That's the pattern of the love for this world. I love you. You'll love me back. Okay. Do unto others as you'd want them to do to you. Okay. Because you get what you pay for or you get what you do. So um, that has been... That's where you can really rest. And as I look at what is the measure of a mature believer, it's it's the love of God. Mm-hmm. It's the love of God in their lives. Do I not just know it, but am I practicing that love in loving him? Not as a scared child wincing when I make a mistake because I'm fearing the hand of God, mm-hmm. but resting, resting in forgiveness and living in confidence that God loves me and I'm deeply loved by him. Oh, that's good. Um, I, th- I think for me, I guess I... 
I picture a coach and I picture a coach that's like, come on, 10 more, you know, like <laughs> you can do this, like run a little faster, try a little harder. And, and that's not how God is. I mean, he, he's not trying to work with me to try to achieve, to be my best self or best thing I can do to help him or it, he, it's nothing like that. Yeah. He just wants to, to be with me and sit next to me and be that loving father. But for some reason that, that can be just the image that I have of like, okay, how am I going to steward the resources God's given me and that's just right. give him a little bit more? Yeah, that's so important because the way we view God mm-hmm. is the way we tend to love others. Yeah. And that's why they must be biblically informed. We must let the Bible inform us of the love of God for us. And then we must allow the Spirit to teach us then how to love others the way God has loved us. Because I realized my whole deal of disappointment, it was showing on how I was disappointed uh, in my glance with my wife when she upset me, or my kids when they fell short of my expectations, or even our staff when they weren't performing up to a level that I thought they could, yeah. it was it was a lack of that smile and acceptance and love as the Father has given to me. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so we've got believe, receive. Now let's talk about reflect. So, you know, this might be a question that maybe you uh, ask a spouse, ask uh, a friend, ask those people that are around you. And one of those questions is, where can I grow in love with you? Or where can I grow in how I love you? And, you know, it again, there's different types of love, right? So if it's a friend, I mean, you're not talking about that, you know, romantic love, but it can be really, how am I being that brother in Christ to you or that sister in Christ to you? How am I being an encouragement? How am I being a blessing instead of um, a burden to you? So I just encourage you to think about who are who are some people that you can ask that question to of where can I grow in loving you? And then another similar question is when do you see love from me? So, you know, people experience and feel loved by different things and and resonates in different ways. So to understand not just how you can grow in love, but also in the past, like where where have I loved you well that you've you've seen, you felt love, so you can know well how to love someone and ultimately again it's it's loving them not in a way for them to be like, oh man, I really like Jeremy, I really like Jill, but you're loving them in a way that's encouraging and pointing them towards the rock with Christ and in the way that they're a child of God. So any other yeah. thoughts on those so questions? So it's been Joe? a tough year for love. It has. Yeah. It's been a tough year for uh, Christians loving other Christians, for Christians loving non-Christians, for non-Christians loving anyone, any, I mean, non-Christians. Mm-hmm. Or, it's just been a tough year of love in our community and in our, in our nation, in our world. And so the number one indicator of spiritual maturity is how you're loving God and loving others. And when you think about that, the questions aren't necessarily how much am I growing in God's word today, which although we got we we cannot grow in what we don't know. Yeah. But ultimately am I living this? Yeah. Am I living this out to you? And I want to love you more. I want to love my wife more. I want to love my kids more. Yeah. And I would like this year to be a, a day a year in which I uh, each day I live out the love of God. Mm-hmm. So it's good to think through that. It's hard to measure love, but it's okay to have conversations where, hey, that was that that wasn't that loving. It's not the person I want to be. Or right. how can I love you and be more sensitive to you in that aspect? So, yep. Yep. well, can you pray for our, our group sure. leaders? 
Father, on this Easter weekend, we just lift it up to you, and we pray that you would use it for your glory. As the church celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I pray that you would call and bring to yourself everyone who doesn't know you, who is with us, that they might know you and trust you, and everyone who knows you, Lord, that they would love you and love others, and give a complete, a, f- a full picture of your love to us by how we love each other. Mm-hmm. We lift up everything we're doing this week weekend, and we trust it to you, and we ask for you to bring glory through it. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we just have one announcement, and that's ShareFest. So ShareFest is coming up April 24th, 8 to noon. Make sure you go online and register. Uh, if you register before April 11th, then you can get a T-shirt. If you have T-shirts from the past, uh, continue to, to wear those. If you don't, make sure you register by April 11th so you can get that. And then the sites, it's first one come, thing first on the serve. registration, yes. Jeremy. Uh, each person in your group will need to register. Yes. I tried to register my whole group and didn't work, so... Each person must register. Just yes. let them know that and announce that. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe you bring bring a laptop or something that you can just register people right on the spot there and make sure you all have a conversation about which site you want to serve at because you actually get to choose which site you serve. And so, you know, if you were to choose register... Choose this and, day which site you will serve. That's right. Okay. So make sure you have a plan for how you're going to register and which sites you're going to serve at. And, you know, the beautiful thing about ShareFest is you are able to have many churches come together and serve. And we're able to serve our community with no strings attached, where no one church will be in the spotlight. And we're able to give this picture of of unity and not only loving our city, but also loving and partnering well with our other churches. So I think it it really does model a lot of things that we're talking about here in this passage even today. So I'm excited for ShareFest and looking forward to it and uh, hope you guys can get registered. All right. Well, with that, thank you for listening to The Deeper Podcast. Hope this has been helpful for you. As you lead your groups this week, we're definitely in prayer for you, uh, but we're also celebrating with you as we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have a blessed week, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.